Welcome everybody, ladies and gentlemen, into episode 52 of the Diamond Duo Podcast. I'm Tony Puglisi, joined by my co-host and co-producer like always, Tom Bauer. I didn't screw up the intro two seconds ago, you're imagining things. These, uh, what did I want to say there? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Hit him with the one time, bah! Hit him with the two time, yeah, yeah! <laughs> I was gonna say, this is the final episode we'll be recording in 2022, though you're gonna be listening to this in the new year, probably around the first week of the month. This episode of the Diamond Duo Podcast is brought to you by Jesus Christ. As in Jesus Christ, King in Heaven, please don't let me and Tom have to record after today for a third straight week, please, we can only do so much. Hey Tom, how's it going? That intro wasn't a cluster at all. I thought you were going to start over for the third time. I didn't realize you were going to keep picking it up after I, <laughs> after I chimed in after you screwed up for the second time. You said, nope, didn't see anything. I'm going to keep going and hope that no one notices, except this is ep- episodic. This is pre-recorded. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could start over for a third time. Uh, no. <laughs> for Editor Tom's sake, No. <laughs> God damn it, for Editor Tom's sake, it's fine, dude. Editor Tom and Editor Tony have been stretched so far thin over the past two weeks with the number of off-season transactions going on. Not just that, the number of off-season transactions going on after the day we record. Like, if y'all have been listening, which... Hope you have. Hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. Tom and I had to go back. Like, we recorded on a Sunday, the past two episodes, and then that subsequent... To, like, I think Tuesday and then Wednesday, we had to go back. Two episodes ago, it was twice. Last week, it was once because Carlos Correa just had to sign with the goddamn Mets. And I'm going to hope and I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask nicely that we don't have to do that again. Because, Tom, no offense, I love talking to you, especially about baseball. <laughs> don't want to do it again. <laughs> the no. Plus production w- format. Once a week in podcast form is fine with me as well. But our <laughs> dreams might not come true because literally Carlos Correa might have to switch teams again because the Mets didn't <laughs> like his physical either. But we're going to get more on that later in this episode. If it hasn't been said formally, Happy New Year! Welcome to 2023, Woo! everyone. Yeah, we're not there yet, so we're going to hope that 2023 is off to a fine start for you folks. Um, It's probably going to be off to a good start for me because I have Monday off and short work weeks are the sh- I'm also going on a trip with my girlfriend, so that will be the sh- Tom, what are you doing for New Year's? <laughs> I get to work. <laughs> uh, I, I do have to work, but on New Year's Eve, I do... I do get to throw a party. It's it's like I finally have, like, a privilege to do it. I am throwing a party um, <laughs> for New Year's Eve, and it's gonna be... It's gonna be something. I don't know if it's gonna be good or bad. The last time I was at... The last time I hosted anything on New Year's Eve or a party like that, my friend almost set my house on fire. And that may or may not have happened again at Christmas for the exact same reason. Okay, so if this episode is late, that's because Tom Tom's house is a pile of ash in the middle of New Jersey. So we'll get this episode out when we get there. I, I kind of want to hear the story behind this, but don't also don't like go into it if you don't want to go into it. Like, I don't know if you're friendly. Oh, friend- no, 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 no. It's innocent enough. I'll go into it. So do you know that trick when you play Pong and you dent a ping pong ball where apparently some people think if you hold up a lighter to the ping pong ball, it's going to oh, make God. the ball go poof and inflate? 
Well, it makes it go poof, but it sets it on fire and it destroys the ping pong ball and also gives you five seconds to figure out what the hell is going to go on. Do you throw the ball into the sink? Do you stomp it out on the ground? Is your smoke detector broken? Is it working? Is your smoke detector going to go on and go beep, beep, beep throughout the entire house for about 15 minutes while you try and figure out how to turn the f***ing thing off? That may or may not have happened twice in my life, and I was a front row seat eyewitness to both events happening and luckily my cousin's house's smoke detector did not go off because it was broken in their basement otherwise it surely went went it surely it surely would have went off i'm sorry where i thought you were going with this story is he holds the lighter up to the ping pong ball it lights it on fire as fire is known to do and your cousin goes oh and he throws it into the cup of alcohol and it immediately just erupts into flames like a geyser and the cup is destroyed the other cups catch on fire like it's an it's like a chain reaction all the alcohol just just on fire i'm very happy you said like oh man do i stomp it out do i put it in the sink <laughs> just accidentally drop it like oh there's liquid in here and it just <laughs> explodes god damn that that is way more innocent than i thought that i was worried it would be so th- thank you for that it was very funny yeah, no problem. I'm hoping it does, I don't have to witness it for a third time. Or if I do, it's not at anybody's house I know. <laughs> the fact that it happened twice. <laughs> you know what you do? If you play Pong, you go up to this particular cousin, you show him the lighter, and you throw it out the window. <laughs> Just throw it to the other side of the room. No, I need to protect my friend who is going to be coming over to this party from not doing that again for a second time in my house. <laughs> That's what I really need to watch out for. I will say the solution... Get boiling water and then put the ping pong ball in that. It will puff out within like a minute or two. That is the solution. Oh, okay. I thought you meant if the thing caught on fire. I was going to say, is boiling no! water going to help with that? <laughs> no. Throw it in cold water or throw it outside and start stomping on it. Jesus, no. <laughs> throw it in boiling water. That'll help a fire. <laughs> no. I mean, hey, man, you never know. I can experiment with that. I, I'd rather not, but I can. <laughs> Well, like you said, don't do it in your house or anyone's house that you know. Just find someone's random house and throw fire and boiling water. (laughs) Oh, my God. So Tom's going to be a pyromaniac for New Year's. I'm going to be in Pennsylvania for New Year's. This will all be over by the time the episode comes out. So, Tom, maybe we'll give updates as to how whether or not your house got caught on fire next episode. (laughs) Well, if this episode releases on time, then everything went according to plan and there was nothing (laughs) bad that happened. So fingers crossed for both of those things that Tom's house doesn't catch fire and we get the episode out on time because that that would be very nice. Anyway, before we talk about arson anymore, let's get on to the episode. But first, a couple disclaimers, just like always. We are recording not on a Sunday this time. We're actually recording Friday, December the 30th. It's about 12, 1245 right now. Recording now because your boy's got to leave in a few hours and we should preface in the p.m., not midnight, because we do usually oh, yeah. record late at night. <laughs> it's not Diamond Duo after dark. We're not bringing that back. At least not this late. Mother of God, if we started, like, quarter to one in the morning, I think we'd actually be... You remember on that episode of iCarly where they needed to, like, throw their heads into water just to wake themselves up? We would need that for this show. We started at 1 a.m. Dude, that would be a hell of an episode, though. Just thinking of the things that would come out of our mouths, like, that night, that would be something. <laughs> The number of stuff we'd probably have to cut from the episode because we say it and realize, huh, I'm awake. <laughs> so, 12, 45, 
p.m. in the afternoon. That's disclaimer number one. Disclaimer number two, which obviously anything that comes out that drops between now and when the episode comes out won't be covered unless we have to record again, which, huh, no. Stay where you are, Carlos Correa. We don't want to talk about you three weeks in a row. Oh, man. Second disclaimer, go follow us on social media. We've got some graphics dropping for you a little bit late, but we are going to be getting them out to you soon. We are at Diamond Duo Pod on Twitter, the Diamond Duo Podcast on Instagram. Be sure to look out for those Teams of the Year graphics. We've also got another graphic coming at you, and maybe another one after this episode. We'll see how we feel. So, keep your eyes on that social media. We've got some good content coming your way. Alright, Tom, let's get right into this, because I'm happy to say we don't have a transaction tracker that's over a page long this time. I'm so excited. It, it actually is a page long, technically. Well, I uh, said I, over I, a page long. Yeah, I, well, actually, technically, it is over a page long, if you uh, kind of count the... Uh... Oh, wait, no, that's halfway down the first page. Never mind, I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, communications well, major, we knew that. everyone, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's start going through this like we normally do. We'll take, I'll take five, Tom will take five. We'll break down the biggest ones at the very end. There aren't that many this time, so hopefully we'll be able to talk about more than usual than last time. So, I'm going to kick us off straight away. We got a pair of moves for the San Francisco Giants that, at the time of this recording, none of them have been rescinded, so we could talk about them just fine. The Giants signed closer Taylor Rogers to a three-year, $33 million deal. He actually joins his twin brother in Tyler Rogers, who also pitches out of the bullpen. Tyler is a righty, Taylor a lefty. Gotta wonder why they signed Taylor Rogers. I guess you can't have too many bullpen arms, but you gotta wonder if he closes or if Camilo Duvall stays the closer. Something we'll see more on opening day. The Giants also... <laughs> this is a fun one. This one really makes me scratch my head because... After punting the contract of who would have been a generational shortstop because of injury history, they choose to sign an individual who didn't even play last year due to injury. Michael Conforto <laughs> is now a giant for two years at a $36 million price tag. Kind of, uh, you ask me, a little steep for a guy who I thought was going to get like a one-year prove-it deal, but... I don't know, I guess the upside is there, if he actually does stay healthy and play up to his potential, unlike in 2021. We have our first and only big trade on the board, and this was bartered between the Blue Jays and Diamondbacks. To the Blue Jays went Dalton Varsho, and to the Diamondbacks went Gabriel Moreno, top catching prospect in baseball, and one of the best prospects in baseball, period, and Lourdes Goriel Jr., who's been with the Blue Jays his whole career. But the Blue Jays, in return, get two things, uh, well, really three things. A, that lefty they were looking for in the lineup, their most consistent lefty last year, was Rymel Tapia. They finally fill out that outfield of him, Farsho, Springer, and Kevin Kiermeyer. Tried to remember who they signed. And they also get some damn good defensive help in the outfield, because we're going to talk about this more later, I presume. Dalton Varsho is a defensive wizard, something that Lourdes Gurriel never really was. We'll talk more about this trade later, I'm sure, so I'm going to move on. Nathan Eovaldi has signed with the Rangers for two years at a $34 million price tag. He also has a player option for 2025. Rangers rotation continues to get stronger, while the Red Sox continue to put more and more of their eggs in Brian Bayo's basket. So good luck, Brian. And my last move for the time being is actually a pretty underrated one, if you ask me. Gene Segura signed with the Marlins for two years 17 million, really good player for the Phillies last year, obviously getting up there in age, his skills aren't going to 
exactly age well uh, into this contract, but as a buy-low candidate for the Marlins, I like it. I love how this is pretty much in chronological order, because Tony literally went through all the major moves of some really good players. Now I'm going to go through the moves that were made for players they're still good they have their talent but they're not going to be as many talking points as tony necessarily had are, are you kidding me there's there's one later on like the very last one dude we're going to talk about that all episode well i mean i i didn't get to my last five yet thank you very much i'm just referring to this five you're welcome very much and what a power five we have right here <laughs> so starting out with seth lugo he signs with the san diego padres for x amount of years and x amount of money we didn't write it down so suck it jordan <laughs> lyles is a kansas city royal for two years and 17 million dollars yes we really wrote the contract length and money for jordan lyles and not seth lugo because the Royals pitching obviously matters more than the San Diego Padres. And boy, do the Royals get a real ace up their sleeves. I'm just kidding. That's a lie. Matt Carpenter. This is a sad one for Yankees fans. He signs with the San Diego Padres. That is very, very, very sad. That Mustachio Matt, as I'm going to call him, it's going to be in San Diego. Very, very shame he's not going to be in New York. Then again, he looked like ass in the postseason. So maybe it's not such a bad thing after all because he wouldn't get an everyday role with the Yankees. Adam Onovino, he's going to re-sign with the New York Mets for two years and $14.5 million, and he's got an opt-out after year one in case Steve Cohen, in case Steve Cohen's ultimate game plan of spending a ton of money doesn't work out for the Mets this year. And finally, my final deal for now, Brendan Drury signs with the Los Angeles Angels two years 17 million dollars he really made the same amount of money as jordan lyles after the year he put up <laughs> that's kind of hilarious uh does round out the angels infield pretty well he grew up in la he went to disney into angels games he said that it's kind of like a dream come true for him so you know what good for brendan jury i'm happy for him for the angels <laughs> hopefully that means he's uh, productive and he does things that he did for the reds not so much padres because that was a little bit questionable a little bit, but still a damn steal of a deal by the Angels, if you ask me. Hey, Tom. You want to yes. know who else is a steal of a deal? Oh, this one. The best player on the board. I'm so happy I get to talk about all the greatest players in baseball. Drew Rusinski. Rusinski, that's Polish, I think. Uh, he, the Miami Marlins legend, has returned home <laughs> from Japan, and he's going to pitch for the Oakland A's this season. He has a one-year, $3 million deal with a 20, uh, excuse me, a team option for 2024. And Tom, you want to hear the most hilarious part about this? I pulled up his baseball reference just to see who he's played with in the past. Mm -hmm. Today's his birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Drew. 34 Yay! years young. Woo! Uh, it's not going to be his birthday when this episode releases, but we're <laughs> thinking about you today, Drew, when we're actually recording, not when we're <laughs> releasing. Exactly. So, glad you're back in the States. Glad it's your birthday. Just have the best time in Oakland. There's going to be no stakes out there. You could basically just play out there for fun, because Lord knows they won't be doing much winning out there. Just pitch really well into July and then get traded to a winning team. That's a good strategy. Exactly. You'll probably find your way on, like, the Phillies or something. Either way, next up, Will Myers is going to the Reds for one year... 7.5 million, and it could actually raise to 9.5 million based on 
uh, being traded, playing time. He's also got a mutual option for 2024. Just kind of a rip for Will Myers. You remember when he was like the hottest rookie in baseball and then he went to the Padres, did nothing, and I was going to go to the Reds and do nothing? Yeah, that kind of sucks for him. Uh, speaking of kind of sucks, Craig Kimbrell, <laughs> off of probably one of the worst seasons of his career, still managed to get $10 million from the Phillies. He's going to pitch there for one year, again, $10 million. He's probably going to be the team's David Robertson plug since he went across the division to the Mets. Don't know if he's going to close right away, especially with the year Sir Anthony Dominguez had last year, and especially considering the year Craig Kimbrell had last year. Again, one of those wait-and-see type things. Oh man, Tom, this one hurts. Dick Mountain is no longer in the AL East. Rich Hill, also known as Dick Mountain, signs with the Pittsburgh Pirates for one year, $8 million. This man will not retire even if you gave him money to. He is, I'm literally looking him up right now. What, what's, what MLB season is this? This will be his 19th season in MLB. God damn. He's never pitched with the Pirates before, so he is now going to have pitched for, holy shit, hold on, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 teams. That's kind of insane. I'm going <laughs> into depth about this because we're probably not going to talk about Rich Hill anymore this offseason. So congrats yeah. on getting that back, Rich. Just good good luck in the NL Central. Yeah, remember that... <sighs> nice voice crack. Remember <laughs> that Edwin Jackson uh, trivia question we had that one time? I feel like when Rich Hill retires, <laughs> we're going to do the exact same thing for him. Name every team that Rich Hill's played for, and it then wouldn't... I'll inevitably get them almost all right again. Well, we actually named the teams Jackson didn't play for. So maybe oh, we'll do, I'm sorry. My maybe bad. if we do the converse with Rich Hill, then I'll get it right. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Probably not. Um, how many was that for me? One, two, three, four. So my last one, Jesus Christ, Sean Murphy. If you guys couldn't already believe the deals that Alex Anthopoulos was bartering with his young talent to keep them in Atlanta, in that they were for stupid long deals at stupid short, rather small amounts of money in retrospect. Well, he just signed Sean Murphy to a six-year, $73 million deal. And he's got an option to bring it up to seven years, $88 million. You cannot convince me this man is not a hypnotist. He just signed a top five catcher in baseball through his prime for fewer than $100 million. Considering the state of the market right now, that's kind of insane. So Tom, why don't you round this out with easily the two most important deals on this board. So, you all thought, because Tony opened the episode with Jesus Christ, you thought he was a savior. Well, guess what? There's a savior coming to Boston, ladies and gentlemen, and his name is Corey Mother Kluber. He is going to save the Boston Red Sox from 70 wins this year and will deliver them 68 wins. <laughs> you really thought I was going to say he was going to save the Boston Red Sox? <laughs> oh, you obviously don't know me too well then, unless you caught that was, unless you caught that was sarcasm. Yeah, that actually that makes sense. Unlike my uh, train of thought right now. Yeah, he signed with the Boston Red Sox for a year. And now their rotation is slightly, I don't know if it's better, but they've somehow aged their rotation even more when they should probably be embracing the youth movement. <laughs> now you've got Chris Sale. You don't have Nathan Eovaldi. You've got Tanner Houck, Brian Balow, uh Corey Kluber, and I don't even know who the fifth option is. I saw some Red Sox fans that I follow on Twitter say, you know what, this could actually be a sneaky good rotation. In 2018, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the silence <laughs> was for the dumbassery that that just caused me. Like, I, I had, like, a brain aneurysm for a second. I couldn't 
think <laughs> of anything that I'm going to say, like I'm kind of doing right now. I'm talking about Corey Kluber for way too long. I'm going to move on. Now, brace yourselves. The next Ken Griffey Jr. is going to play in Japan, baby. Konnichiwa, Woo! bitches! Marwin Gonzalez is going to be playing in Japan. Yankees legend, Astros cheater, Minnesota Twins legend, and somehow, I should say Minnesota Twins deal swindler, or contract swindler, because I think he made a decent amount of money there. Yeah, he's going to resurrect his career in Japan, and that's about all I can say about Marwin Gonzalez. Do you really think I have any more to say about that? (laughs) What do you mean? We could go through his amazing stats with the Yankees, like his 001 batting average in the postseason. (laughs) That's an exaggeration, but you'd probably believe me, right? I would most certainly believe you. That was a hell of a signing, Brian Cashman. Good job. Well, you know what? We don't have to deal with his dumbass signings anymore, unless he trades with the Twins again. I I will pull my hair out if Brian Cashman trades with the Twins again. (laughs) Not after last (laughs) offseason. That's actually all the transactions that have happened between now and, well, the previous episode, the previous time we talked. Tom, let's circle back. I feel like the most logical place to start is the one trade on the board between the Blue Jays and Diamondbacks. I gave my two cents on it, at least briefly, when I talked about it. How about you kick this one off? Because I remember we were talking about this a little bit when the trade went down. Yeah, now I get the Toronto Blue Jays have a stockpile of catchers, and they have a lot of depth and all that, and they needed a good lefty bat who can play the outfield. I'm sorry, Kevin Kiermeyer, you're not that, unfortunately. So Dalton Varsho was a very good pickup. I also didn't realize he had 4.9 war this year when I looked him up and I was like, they really traded Gabriel Moreno and Lurdy's Guriel Jr. for Dalton Varsho. <laughs> yeah, and then I saw Varsho's numbers and I was actually kind of impressed. I would also like to point out there was a Lurdy's Guriel fan account on <laughs> Twitter that reacted to the news and it's like, let's go, baby. We got Varsho. Now we just need to see who he gave up. And, uh,. <laughs> Yeah, let's just say he made baseball moments that precede unfortunate events. Uh, He made that Twitter, and he may have made freezing cold takes as well. I think somebody offered him to get him a Diamondbacks jersey. It actually may have been the team itself that reached out to him on Twitter, I think. Which I think is hilarious, by the way. Um, That's so good. So, that happened. Also, in my mind... You're really going to trade a top 10 prospect in baseball for Dalton Varsho. I know I was literally just praising Dalton Varsho a second ago, but Gabriel Moreno is probably going to be better than what Alejandro Kirk can ever be. I'm sorry to say that. And I know Alejandro Kirk is a top 10 catcher in baseball right now, but Gabriel Moreno definitely has the potential to be possibly a top 5 catcher in baseball. So I don't necessarily get what the Toronto Blue Jays were doing there. But then again, they're in win-now mode, and they desperately need to prove they can win and get past the wildcard round. Or maybe they'll actually get their heads out of their ass and win the division. I hope not, because the Yankees are in that division, but that's ideally their goal. So, for Arizona, this is a fantastic trade. Lurdy's Gurriel Jr. is probably a stopgap for Drew Jones, or insert young outfielder to be named here. And Gabriel Moreno, honestly, they could play him on opening day. He played with the Blue Jays, and he played fantastically. He had an over 300 batting average, I'm pretty sure, with the Blue Jays when he was called up with them in September. So he could be an immediate plug at catcher, or maybe they say, you know what, we're going to keep him in the minors a little bit longer. Maybe it'll aid his development. Maybe it won't. So yeah, great trade for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Solid trade for 
the Toronto Blue Jays, I think, in this case. But I'm actually really fond of the Diamondbacks and the job they've done this offseason and the team that they're building. I'm actually very high on them in the future. I'm going to be honest, me too. This is strange because it's coming off. What did they do last season? Didn't they go like 5 and 40 sometime in the middle of the year? Or was that, uh, was that, uh, I'm thinking, I'm 2021. Yeah, that's 2021. Damn right on that. But I got to give credit, uh, credit, good job. Credit to Mike Hazen, who has pretty much orchestrated this lightning fast rebuild you could say i don't want to say lightning fast but this quick turnaround from literally rock bottom to huh i guess they're okay now i'm trying to think of how to word this because after they lost guys like patrick corbin and paul goldschmidt and robbie ray they were kind of identityless. like they were kind of just meandering they didn't really have a vision and that that's really what led to that 5 and 40 stretch and two like ridiculously long Like, didn't they have two separate 13-game losing streaks? I feel like that's right. In 2021 or 2022? 2021. They weren't that bad last year. I'll look it up. But regardless, they were that bad, and now they've got something of a bright young core, because in addition to Moreno now, who looks like a franchise-level catcher, if you saw what he did in the minors, dude is a hard-hit machine, he can blast home runs, he's got gap-to-gap power... Great defender behind the plate, too. Definitely someone you could build the core of your team around. Lourdes Gurriel, you know, for being a throw-in, he's all right. Like you said, Tom, he's definitely going to be a stopgap. I was curious as to how Gurriel did last year. He had 2.2 war, which is okay. It's worth it to get Moreno, but losing Varsho is definitely going to hurt. I want to stress that. People are saying it's a fleece by the Diamondbacks. I love what they got, but Dalton Varsho is special. For those who don't know, he came up as a catcher in the Diamondback system and moved to the outfield out of necessity. And he's been a defensive gem out there. 4.9 baseball war last season, excuse me, baseball reference war last season, pretty much specifically because of his defense. His offense wasn't bad by any means, but you know, a 302 OBP, I could definitely serve to be improved. And I think Toronto is going to be a great place to up those numbers, especially those counting stats. So like I said earlier, Blue Jays got their lefty. They fill out that outfield. It's not the best outfield in baseball, but honestly, it's damn good defensively, if nothing else, with Varsho in left. Springer probably moves over to right, and then you stick Kiermaier in center. That's three, I I would say two potential gold gloves out there, and someone in George Springer who, if he stays healthy, can still make the difficult plays when an average fielder couldn't. So I'm going to be honest, I like this for both teams. It could blow up spectacularly in either of their faces, which is which I I like about it. It's kind of fun, but that we'll have to wait and see. Varsho signed. He hasn't even hit arbitration yet. He's going to be arbitration eligible actually this upcoming season. So he'll be a free agent in 2027. Playing control. So that might be why they also had to throw in Gabriel Moreno, because they're going to have him mm-hmm. for at least four or five years. So I did a little research. And Tony, you were generous with the losing streak that you gave the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2021. Oh, no. They're long... Another great voice crack. <laughs> Their longest losing streak in 2021 was 17 games, stretching nearly an entire calendar month of June. And they kept Tori Lovello and still have him as their manager, which I'm shocked by. Not that it's necessarily his fault that he was given literal sh. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but generally, managers that have a 17 game losing streak on their resume don't make it past the year and he's still the manager of the diamondbacks but honestly it's probably pretty good because they went 74 and 88 this year compared to 
what the hell was in 2021? 52 and 110. So that's a very <sighs> drastic improvement. I forgot uh, they lost that much. Oh my god. <laughs> I so, remember there yeah. was a point. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you you go on. I think this is going to be a good add to the conversation. I was going to say, there was a point in May of that season, I remember, where they were on pace to break the record by the expansion Mets for most losses in a season. It honestly might have been in that <laughs> June stretch. We can make fun of them all we want, but I got to give them props. They look like a genuine team now, because even with these new pieces, you got to remember, Christian Walker put up a great season last year. Cattell Marte is a good bounce-back candidate. Um, They have that stacked outfield, in, uh, well, stacked in terms of full of prospects. They've got Corbin Carroll, who should have an everyday role. role great English, who should have an everyday role. Plus, they've still got Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas, both of whom speed demons great defensively with hitting upside, particularly Thomas. I like his game a lot, but D-backs look really good going forward. If they could shape that middle infield a little bit, I know they've got Jordan Lawler, one of the best shortstop prospects in the game, debuting in maybe a year or two. Dude, by that time, the time impacts might actually be scary. If they get some pitching and back-end bullpen help, that might coincide with the Dodgers maybe falling off or the Padres doing whatever the hell they're doing with Machado and Tatis, but we'll get to that later. That, that's my spiel on the Diamondbacks. Way longer than I thought it would be. <laughs> it's either than any of us thought it would be. Probably anybody listening as well. Um... <laughs> Yeah, this year Pythagorean win loss gave them a 77 and 85 record. And again, they were 74 and 88. So honestly, that's a pretty good record for their rebuild. Again, they had a very good month of August where they actually had a winning record and then they fell off in September. But still, this team is primed for the future. So good for them. As for the Blue Jays, listen, I'm going to use the Yankees as an, as an example. 2021, they seemed like an atrocious team most of the year. And part of the reason was because they had terrible defense. Pretty much. Almost all around. In 2022, their defense improved. And I'm not saying that's why they won the division or anything, but I think it won them some games. Just having a platinum glover behind the plate. Not saying you need a platinum glover. As much as Josh Allenson pains me to all ends of the earth, he's a fantastic defensive third baseman who could have won a gold glove this year. IKF. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, defense definitely helps a team out. And for a case of the Toronto Blue Jays, I could get them over to hump. You got Kevin Kiermeyer, who's pretty much a platinum glover, if even if he hasn't won it, in center field. George Springer has always been respectable in the outfield. And Dalton Varsho, again, he got a crap ton of his war from defense this year. So the Blue Jays, let's do some math. This year, they won 92 games. I think maybe they can stretch it to 95, potentially. Again, it's only a few games, it's not much, but that could be the difference between the division or a wild card, or better yet, placement in the wild card standing. So that way you don't have to face the juggernaut that was the Seattle Mariners in the AL wild card series. So, that being said, alrighty, so let's move on kind of past this transaction wire that we have here, and talk about two bigger things that have kind of happened in the past week one of them more recent and one of them is just going to be lingering with the Mets for a while and it's funny because I'm wearing a Jacob deGrom Mets jersey I got for Christmas <laughs> funny how things work out um I'm keeping it by the way I'm not trading it in for anything I would never do that but we're going to stick with the Mets because uh they're worried about Carlos Correa long term and we kind of covered this in the 20 plus minutes that we did on Carlos Correa uh last episode but now we have more details so yeah Tony Carlos Correa he got spurned by one team. Rumors has it 
that he's not going to get spurned by the Mets because of Steve Cohen's public comments and all that. And I'm seeing everybody saying he's still going to be a Met. <laughs> I just find it ironic that we've had to talk about Carlos Correa now for three weeks in a row. And two of which it has to be about his injury history because it's actually a legitimate concern. If Now that the Mets are saying it, it makes the Giants actually look somewhat smart. It honestly does. I mean, especially considering the Mets took the deal down. It was, what, a 13-year deal with the Giants. The Mets, I know, was for a slightly lower clip. It was still over 300 mil, but still. Uh, <laughs> the fact that we're talking about him three weeks in a row, which, which, granted, we don't have any new information about it. The only thing we know is that a couple days ago, reports came out that now the Mets physicians were worried about his physical. And... I heard rumors like, oh, Correa's not willing to alter the terms of the deal, which for Steve Cohen, he probably just knowing how he's acted in free agency, he's probably not going to see it as that big a deal just because the man money and he's been willing to throw said money at anything that moves and swings a bat reasonably well. Maybe there'll be more traction after the new year. I honestly think he'll stay a Met if only because if God forbid it becomes an albatross, Cohen seems like the guy to just eat the money. And if he really doesn't pan out, you could just keep Brett Beatty at third base. I I don't think this is a situation where Correa goes to another team. I it, As funny as it would be, do not get me wrong, it would be hilarious if this time next week we got wind that he signed again. Because heh, the episode will probably be out by then, which means we don't have to go back and record for a third week in a row. But yes. number two, he'd probably break the record for most teams signed with in the offseason. I don't even know who holds that record, and if it's anything higher than one, I'd be amazed. So, I don't know, that's where we stand on it now. No really, no new developments, really. It's just kind of where the Mets and him are at. I'm really curious to see, uh, curious to see where this goes, especially seeing how Correa seems unwavering and that he wants the deal to remain where it is. So, yeah, this whole Correa situation, Tony... I made this joke in the pre-episode. I'm going to bring it up now. This is literally an episode of Mari playing out right before our <laughs> eyes. When it comes to the San Francisco Giants, you are not Correa's team. When it comes to the New York Mets, you are his team for now. I'm kind of waiting in giddy excitement to see if he's actually going to find a third team. And if that is the case, I don't think he's going to get this contract that he's been getting from the Giants or the Mets. It, I think it would be virtually impossible because if a third, I swear to God, if a third team comes in and somehow he abandons the Mets and they do this and they find the same problem wrong with him in the physical, <laughs> what the hell even happens if you're Carlos Correa? Like, do you file a grievance? Like, what can you even do? Because, like, I, obviously he can't make as much money as he thought he would have. Maybe he goes back to the Minnesota Twins. Maybe they're going to be the team that's stupid enough to sign him and they're not going to give a sh like how much he makes because they can actually market a star for once in the past like five seasons so maybe maybe that'll work out for them who knows but as with marwin gonzalez if everything falls apart he could always go play in japan or the kbo i hear it's nice there and tony you know who else might be going to japan or the kbo soon because mlb just doesn't like him anymore marwin gonzalez no uh that <laughs> well, would <yes>. be <laughs> it, it wasn't a bad guess but, uh, no. That would be disgraced pitcher Trevor Bauer. Ugh. And for anybody listening to the show for the first time, no, I'm not related to him. And thank <laughs> I'm not related to him. I love how that comes up every time Trevor Bauer has come up. Granted, that's more like, you know, dozen or so episodes ago. But, <laughs> just disclaimer, 
I don't know him. I'm not related to him. Don't ask. Yes, because I feel like it's necessary because I swear to God, if I talk to a stranger who knows anything about baseball, they might ask, are you that same? Uh, Yeah, no. Uh, So essentially why I'm saying this is because Bauer was reinstated from his 324 game suspension after having 194 games of it upheld for violating MLB's joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. So now technically he's a Los Angeles Dodger and he's on their roster. But not for long. The Dodgers, according to B.R. Walkoff and John Heyman, are expected to release Trevor Bauer because some in their clubhouse prefer him elsewhere. I think they literally could have replaced the word some with everyone, and that would have been completely accurate. I don't think anyone wants Trevor Bauer in their clubhouse. Uh, He'll have a lot of explaining to do if that's the case. Also, he wasn't very well-liked in many of the clubhouses that he's played for in the past. He had issues in Cleveland. He threw temper tantrums there. Uh, In Cincinnati, he pretty much just shut up and played, and he won a Cy Young in 2020, so, yeah. But I don't know really anything about the personality there. It's Cincinnati. We really don't hear much out of Cincinnati when it comes to baseball. (laughs) But I can assure you, it might not have been the prettiest scene. But then again, I don't know. They somehow made the playoffs, and he won a Cy Young, so whatever. But yeah, the point of it is, the Dodgers are probably going to release him, and I don't think anyone's going to be very giddy to pick him up right away. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to this. It's it's kind of a weird situation since, you know, obviously the Dodgers are going to release him. I really don't see a scenario where they don't. But then the question becomes, is another team really desperate enough to sign him? Like, Tom, I don't know how familiar you are with this scenario that went down in hockey, but does the name Mitchell Miller ring a bell to you? Not Mitchell Miller, but is it anything similar to Tony D'Angelo? Actually, wait, that's a better comparison. <laughs> but that's that's the thing. D'Angelo is still on a team and playing and actually doing really well. But there was a Asshole. situation yeah, disgracing the good Tony name. That's an awesome name, and I can't call him like one of my favorite players. But either way. He's no, he's no longer a Paisan. He's just a... Uh, he's not a Paisan. He's Paisan. Not yeah, I don't, I don't know what the word for garbage is in Italian, but he's probably that. Why am I pondering like I know? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fake Italian. I'm an Italian-American. <laughs> but no, there was a player who was drafted by the Coyotes a couple of years ago, Mitchell Miller. Not going to get into exactly what he did, but he's a piece of shit. Club knew he was a piece of shit. They drafted him anyway. Everyone called them out for it. They're like, all right, fine. We'll release his rights. And for some unexplainable reason, the Bruins oh. signed him. To a minor league deal recently. I remember this. This and by recently I mean like two we- uh, two months ago. He's not on the team anymore. I think they waived his rights as well. Everyone in the Bruins locker room pretty much said like, yeah, that's not the kind of culture that we've built up here. And this is with them having one of the nicest guys in hockey, and Patrice Bergeron. I'm talking about hockey very extensively, but only because I think this is what would transpire if a team signed Trevor Bauer now. Like, I heard rumors like, oh man, can't wait for Steve Cohen to sign Trevor Bauer for a stupid low price compared to, you know, compared to what he could do with a baseball. I don't know. I doubt any team takes a flyer on him. Uh, at least soon, but we'll see how it transpires. Tom, you had a point. Yes, for anybody saying Steve Cohen will sign him. No, he won't. Remember what happened with Jared Porter, their disgraced GM that they had for like five minutes, or whatever the hell that guy's name was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Steve Cohen immediately fired him when he bought the team because of the stupid shit that he did that came to light after he became the GM. He also had to let go of that guy who was behind the wheel or DWI for <laughs> sleeping one off in the back seat. <laughs> 
So, yeah, the Mets have a rich history of uh, executives doing stupid shit. But, no, Steve Cohen knows what culture he's building, and he's very smart about, even though he spends money buck wildly, he's smart about who he's trying to sign, and about the people that he's hopefully hiring around him. Why does this seem like a signing, though, that a team, like, who's a team desperate for pitching? This seems like an Angels move, or maybe a White Sox move. Hmm, I don't think the Angels would work, because they're literally in the same city. Like, I don't think that would work. Mm. Like, I, I know it's a different clubhouse, and it's obviously a different culture, but still. It just strikes me as like, huh, you remember like a couple of years ago when everyone was yelling at the Angels to get, you know, Garrett Cole, and then it turned into Trevor Bauer? Yeah, hey, we finally got Trevor Bauer. It just turns out it's many years late, and he's ousted <laughs> as a prick now, but still. I don't know, I feel like it's something the Red Sox would do, just because they're stupid enough to do something like that. They do need pitching. I don't know if they Nick do. Pavetta is the answer long term. Hmm. So, yeah, at any rate, that, that's all we really <laughs> wanted to say. We're not going to go too much more into uh, Trevor Bauer because we really don't want no. to. We're, we're not going to get into that uh, limelight as much. <laughs> uh, all right, Tony, we've got one more story before we get into our segment of the week. So, 10 umpires have decided to call it quits this offseason the most since 1999. And that includes names such as... Well-respected crew chiefs from ESPN.com, by the way. Ted Barrett, Greg Gibson, Sam Holbrook, Jerry Meals, Jim Reynolds, Bill Welke, and also some other guys, including Marty Foster, Paul Nauert, and Tim Timmons. Nice name. And also, as Tony put it on the rundown, (laughs) Tom, our asses in the jackpot, Hallion. Also, (laughs) Tommy the Tornado, and also Tom, according to Terry Collins, (laughs) Hallion. Uh, I'm going to have to bleep that. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like, I, I don't know if we've ever said that. So yeah, let's bleep that. Whatever. <laughs> you you probably know what I'm going with when I say Terry Collins, because I literally referenced him twice in that exact same, like, sentence or two. Ugh. Dude, I got to tell you, this is something that you sent this to me last night. Like, hey, here's another story for tomorrow. And I kind of said, oh, okay. Just bring it up briefly. And then I went to Twitter and saw that one of the guys was Tom Halley, and I'm like, oh my god, I found the angle. We could talk about the ass of the jackpot guy. <laughs> For those who don't remember the... How do you not remember the Cindergard ejection that happened, what, 2016 it was? Yeah, it was the year yeah. after they made the World Series. Throws behind Chase Utley, home plate umpire throws uh throws Cindergard out immediately. Terry Collins, former Mets manager, st- storms out of the dugout, just charges at the home plate umpire. While Hallian, the crew chief, was trying to explain everything to Cindergard, only for Hallian to have to divert his attention to a belligerent Eric Collins, leading to probably one of the most memorable ejections in baseball history. This was around the time they were umping, umping up microphones. Wow. Miking up umpires for the first time. And this is one of the first ejections that got caught on a hot mic. Oh my god, it's hilarious. If you've not seen it, please go see it. It's so funny, and it's definitely what Tom Hallian is going to be remembered for by fans, but you know, among his peers, veteran of the game, he's umped god knows how many of them, and all these guys too. I can think of a bunch of stories from all of them. Jerry Meals. Tom, do you remember that call in 2010 between the Braves and the Pirates? That safe call at the plate? No, that was him. That might have been him. Oh dear god. I know it's not the best memory. Actually, no. You know what he was the home plate umpire for? I think he was the home plate umpire for Kerry Woods' 20 strikeout game. Oh, there you go. That's a We'll, we'll, we'll go with that one, not the uh, <laughs> terrible call. <laughs> not the one that literally got featured on ABC for how bad of a call it was. 
But no, 20 strikeout performance. Good job, Jerry Meals. Well, he didn't do it, but he called it. Yeah, um, also called Justin Verlander's no-hitter in 2011, according to this ESPN article. Ooh, damn, I never knew Holy that. Holy crap, how many of them umpired a no-hitter? Jesus. So, <laughs> oh my God, who who is the... Oh, Ted You're... Barrett. I thought Michael Barrett. I was about to say, that's not right. Michael Barrett. Yeah, that's definitely the catcher. <laughs> Tom, you remember Greg Gibson, the home plate umpire, motioning to both benches? I, I remember it. I'm trying to remember the exact teams in the game it was, but I know it because I thought he did a good job, and I think all hell broke loose quickly <sighs> after that. Wasn't it? Well, no, it was that standoff, like the standoff after the anthem, and I think it was Cardinals Braves. They had a standoff, like two guys right outside the dugout with their hand over their hearts still. While the game was about to go, and Greg Gibson comes out and motions to both of them, like, go inside, get in the dugout, we got a baseball game to play. And the broadcast, this is during the playoffs, the broadcast said, like, Greg Gibson, the home plate umpire, like, I, what's his name, Ernie something, the, that deep voice guy who voices playoff games. Ernie Johnson? Yes. Him in his draw just goes, Greg Gibson, the home plate umpire, motions to both benches. I don't know why that became a meme, but it's so funny to me. I think I saw a foolish <laughs> baseball tweet. Like, Greg Gibson, the home plate umpire, motions towards retirement. Goddamn, a bunch oh, of these. The retired crew chiefs, I'm just reading this from the ESPN article, by the way. They've called 16 World Series. And Tom, the individual you mentioned, Ted Barrett, actually leads the way. He's worked five World Series. That's commendable. And he was mm -hmm. also behind the plate for David Cohen's perfect game. God bless Ted Barrett. I love that game. And Greg Maddox's 300th win in 2004. Mm-hmm. And then Greg Gibson, while we're at it. The first umpire to have a call overturned based on the manager's challenge in 2014, and he was also later behind the home plate for Clayton Kershaw's no-hitter in 2014. Let's see what else I was going to pull from this. Let's see. Oh, yeah, this was the uh, important piece I wanted to mention. The retirements, according to the ESPN article, have nothing to do with the upcoming on-the-field rule changes for 2023, <laughs> nor the possibility of the ABS, the Automatic Balls and Strike System, being instituted at the MLB level in the near future so that is an important piece to mention i guess <laughs> uh <laughs> according to this also some of the retirements are due to nagging injuries some of them are just coincidental it just sucks that uh they're literally gonna have a few months to figure this out but they'll have to promote or hire 10 new umpires for this next season and tony i mentioned this before i'm gonna say it on the podcast we just lost seven crew chiefs i swear to god if Angel Hernandez becomes a crew chief now because he's one of the most veteran umpires probably still in baseball, I am going to throw a hissy fit. That is going to top any hissy fit I have thrown on this podcast before. Really? Even when James McCann signed in the middle of us recording? It might be worse than that. <laughs> I oh, don't know. Yeah, that was, also, that was also last week. Go check out last week's episode if you want to hear that. <laughs> I don't know. You see, I feel like MLB's at a crossroads there because there is definitely positions open for crew chiefs. And if they pass over Hernandez, first of all, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Literally seven chances yes. to get a job. He's one of the longest tenured umpires in baseball, and he doesn't get it. It would honestly be a really bold move to promote someone like uh, some of the young guys, like the guy who called the perfect game, Pat Hoberg. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think he's pretty young. I don't think he's a crew chief yet. Yeah. What about would, uh, Jim Tumpain or Tumpain or whatever, if he's not a crew chief already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's a crew chief. That He would be a nice fit, too. But I'm just saying, imagine if they actually do the right thing and promote, like, the umpires who are actually good versus the ones that have seniority. Jesus Christ, I think Hernandez might open up an entirely separate lawsuit just to yell at MLB's <laughs> lawyers a little bit more. 
And then guess what MLB is going to do? They're literally going <laughs> to bring him a can of whoop ass in terms of evidence and smack it in his face again, just like with the last lawsuit that he got thrown out. <laughs> you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, Your Honor, people of the jury, please watch this. And they put on like a <laughs> compilation from that 2018 ALDS where he had three calls overturned in a game. Actually, it might have been four. But regardless, you get the picture. He better not be a crew chief. He does not deserve to be a crew chief. The only evidence you need to see outside of that ALDS is that Kyle Schwarber freakout from the beginning of last season. Because holy shit, that was legendary. And holy shit, Angel Hernandez deserved it. That, that's my two cents. Obviously, Angel Hernandez should not be a crew chief. <laughs> well, I think that's about all we can milk out of the uh, umpires retiring portion of episode 52 of the diamond duo podcast i said of a lot of times in that past uh, sentence <laughs> any rate it's time to move on to the meat and potatoes of this episode and because it's the new year we're going to celebrate it in style y'all new year's resolutions no tony and i are not going to be talking about our personal lives that's for a whole different podcast that we've never created and we'll never create this this these are going to be new year's resolutions that tony and the the that Tony, of, that Tony and I have compiled for every single team in Major League Baseball. So we'll each give a resolution or we'll just have one joint resolution that we believe fits a team appropriately. Whether we're serious or not, it's going to fit somehow. And there may or may not be a graphic of that. I'm not going to promise that because I have slacked off a lot in graphics in the past three months. So enjoy this while it is. It might not be on social media. We will see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it and other such idioms, idioms and phrases like that. I also love how you said whether or not we're serious. Tom, there's like two serious ones on here. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. literally wrote out the teams while we were drumming up the episode. And we were, I think, Tom, I think it was you that said like, oh, you know, we don't have to fill in all of them. We could just like uh, wing it for some of these. Just like <laughs> think of something funny that comes to our mind. And then we proceed to fill in one for all 30 teams. <laughs> Maybe two of them are actual, like, advice to the team. Like, hey, you know, sign like sign this guy, stay ahead of the division, win now. And then there's... <laughs> we'll get to it, but honestly, the second one's really funny. But let's see how we want to do this. Do we want to alternate just back and forth, one after the other? It's probably the best Yeah, way, right? I, I think we'll alternate and then we'll also chime in because I'm sure we'll have something to say about our dumbassery. Oh, positive we will. Absolutely positive, but this should actually go pretty quick if we don't dwell on any particular team too much. You know, I say that. I'm going to use my words, aren't I? But, you know, pretty I'm going to try to not... in the Diamond Duo podcast? That's, that doesn't exist. I'm going to try not self-fulfill my own prophecy, unlike Ollie Marmel. Either way, let's start with the Orioles, because we're going to go alphabetically and by division. B is in Baltimore. We're starting with the Orioles. Uh, <laughs> So, what I wrote for this one, Tom didn't write one, but I think we're on the same boat. Full steam ahead with big time rutch. And then I wrote the opening to, I don't know, if you were you going to start singing? Yes, I was going to, and I was expecting you to do it with me. Well, I didn't know. I clicked over to Discord too late. <laughs> uh, well, then you should say the sentence again and then proceed with uh, the uh, thing that you wrote down. And then we will do it synchronously or as close to it as I can possibly make it. <laughs> In sync, sure, that's definitely gonna happen. You heard us sing New York, New York. Got either way, let me try that again. Once more for the people in the back. Huh, me saying we're not gonna dwell. Either way, full steam ahead with big time rutch. 
Uh, 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 oh, oh, I regret it already. It's going to turn out fantastic. Fo- the blooper folder is exploding right now. It is absolutely filled to the brim. Uh, oh my uh, god. But what, Jesus. what this means, self-explanatory, Adley Rutschman, franchise catcher, probably a top three catcher if he has a good season. Full steam ahead, build around him, let the kid play, let him lead your franchise to relevance for the first time since the middle of last decade. He's probably the best catcher to come through your organization, just period, in a very, very long time. So run with him, win some games, surprise some people, prove that last year wasn't a fluke. I honestly think it could happen. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Probably not, but I think they could, I think they could pull off what they did last year again. I have another one for the Orioles. It's reload the gunner and mow down your competition. <laughs> that should also be another objective for the Orioles in this new year of 2023. You know what? I got a third one. Tune into Grayson's Anatomy and watch him mow down hitters with his lights out fastball. We're terrible. <laughs> okay, see, I would like to point out when I said gunner, mowing down somebody with a gun is something reasonable that you can say in a sentence. Mowing down somebody on Grey's Anatomy, I don't think has ever been well, said before. I didn't say <laughs> mow down with Grey's. I said tune into Grayson's Anatomy. Oh, mow Jesus. down with the TV show. That's it. That's what I said. We're going to move on before we come up with more <laughs> puns for the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. Uh, the Boston Red Sox are up next. <laughs> So, the New Year's resolutions, the one that I wrote down, finally bloom for bloom, or else. (laughs) For some reason, you wrote down or else for like 10 teams. It just sounds so threatening out of nowhere. (laughs) It's not or else anything, it's just or else. It's just about, as uh, Dennis in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia would say, the implication. (laughs) Just the very nonchalant threat of something bad is going to happen. If you don't do as we say, or else. I love playing the role of vi- villain, if you couldn't tell by my uh, menacing ways I've hopefully been speaking in the past, like, 30 seconds. The role of villain. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what the show's been missing. No, uh, the Red Sox, th- that's it. Fix your pitching, or whatever, whatever you said. Oh, bloom for bloom. That's right. Considering the state of their pitching, I said successfully clone Tanner Houck and buy a new arm for Chris Sale. Then maybe you'll compete, which granted at the time I wrote that, I forgot about Brian Bayo, and I forgot about Corey Kluber, and I forgot about Nick Pavetta, but let's be honest, kind of easy to forget them. Though all three of them seem to me like they'll have, and maybe not Bayo, but Pavetta and Kluber, they'll have like one good month, and the rest of it, they'll be home run central. I honestly don't have faith in that rotation. Red Sox fans don't have faith in that rotation. Most of them anyway. I, I don't know. The Red Sox are definitely the outlier in this division now. If the Rays don't fall off at all, I don't see the Red Sox getting any better. Good luck. Speaking of getting better, Yankees, you want to know how you could get better in the new year? Play the goddamn youth. <laughs> That's it. That's an actually for serious one. Play no, Volpe. Ro- what? You wrote down two words after play the goddamn youth. I was wondering if you were going to say them. Well, I already censored myself. I feel bad censoring myself again. All right, screw it. Play the goddamn youth, you p- Yeah, there you go. All right, perfect. Anyway, play Volpe, play Peraza, play Oswaldo, play whoever. Stop playing Donaldson. Please stop playing IKF. Please don't. For the love of God, I'd rather those two over Aaron Hicks at this point. If he's your starting left fielder instead of Oswaldo, I might melt. Like, I might actually just melt like a candle at the sun. Just, no. (laughs) That's my, uh, 
That's my one piece of advice. I actually wrote down another piece of advice. I forgot about this. Hmm. Play the goddamn youth and don't make another trade with the twins, I swear to God. Or else. Or else. (laughs) Tom may have written down or else, but I wrote, I swear to God. And I'm saying that fresh off the wound of the Gary Sanchez trade. Don't need to say anything else. Just (laughs) play the youth, sign like one more depth hitter, maybe. Actually, no, who did they just sign? Tyler Danish? Never mind. Yankees are set. They're going to the World Series. (laughs) uh dear god yeah i'm gonna agree with tony here play the youth please for the love of god and maybe get another outfielder the rays tony wrote one and i wrote one i'm gonna start with the one that i wrote please move to downtown tampa bay and not go through with one of your more idiotic Uh, hang on let me rephrase that (laughs) please move to downtown tampa bay and not try and go through with more of your idiotic plans such as moving to Montreal, or, hmm, you know what works well? Playing in St. Petersburg when our team is branded as Tampa Bay and our fans are from Tampa Bay and don't want to commute to St. Petersburg. So you know what's a great idea? Let's build another stadium in St. Petersburg. That'll show them. That'll really get the fans in the seats. So don't do that. Or else. Or else you will become the Montreal Bay Devil Expos, and we will have merch to sell. Yes, we will. Tony, your resolution. My resolution is turn someone else's former prospects into all-stars. Again, a la Isaac Paredes, a la Austin Meadows, a la Tyler Glass now, who's going to be healthy next year. Should be exciting. Just do what you do. I forgot who they traded, who they got in return from the Mets in return for Brooks Raley. I think it was some dude with like three names or a very long second name. Can't wait to see him in the 2025 All-Star game. God, just do what you do and maybe you'll be okay in the division. I don't know. Just beat Baltimore and you should be all right. <laughs> Next up, the Blue Jays. Again, Tom and I wrote one. Yeah, we each wrote one. I forgot you wrote the first one. I'm going to talk about mine first. Play up to your potential for once this century. I'm not kidding. When's the last time the Blue Jays had expectations that they met? Sometime after the year 2000. I mean, they had great teams in there. You know, I'm thinking immediately of the mid-2010s teams with Jose Bautista and Josh Donaldson, Edwin Encarnacion and the like. But they never made a World Series. They never made it past the ALCS. This team can't even make it past the wildcard round. So, you know what? That's my goal for you, Blue Jays. You have a brand spanking new manager in John Schneider and a team that will hopefully stop getting injured and hopefully stop tripping over itself. Maybe you play up to your potential for once. See also Tom's rant about defense from earlier that helped the Yankees. It'll probably help them too. So that's my two cents. Tom, what's yours? Well, mine is in a very similar vein. It's stop disappointing an entire country. (laughs) Or else. Okay, I swear we're not going to say or else for every single team that's left (laughs) in this list. I know we've been menacingly, menacingly threatening to four out of the five AL East teams. But, I mean, they have the bar set pretty high for them. The Orioles don't have that bar so high. But yeah, just stop disappointing an entire country. Tony's point is my point. Play better, maybe win the division. We'll see. Just do better in the postseason. Next up, the White Sox. (laughs) Well, Tony wrote this one, and I'm going to fully agree with him. Um, (laughs) Which is, stay awake in the dugout and maybe win, I don't know. Seems like a good strategy to me. Just have a manager that's competent that doesn't, like, have a bad track record of being old. And then maybe they can win some ball games. Has a track record of being old. I'm imagining that scene in Moneyball where it's 
peer like Billy, this is David Justice. He has this stat and that stat. <laughs> Only problem is he's old as hell. <laughs> but he's saying that about managers. He's saying that about Pedro Griffal. Yes, but if the them. Yankees will pay 80% of his salary, it's okay. <laughs> exactly. They'll pay 80% of Peter Griffin's salary. <laughs> Next up, we've got the Cleveland Guardians. Tom wrote one down, and I'll let you take that, but I'm actually going to lead with mine that you accidentally erased. Oh boy, I said change your name to something better, and one that isn't shared with a roller hockey team. Sorry, roller derby team. Definitely more so a joke. Tom's got a better one that's more pertinent to the team itself. But Cleveland was literally the last team we had on this board. I'm like, screw it, write something down, change your name to something less generic. There you go, don't get sued by a women's roller derby team this time. Tom, your point, that might actually help them. Yes, continue to display your dominance against your competition. Except, you don't have any, because this is the AL Central we're talking about. That, uh, excuse me, that is what I, (laughs) that is, yeah, yes, that is what I wrote down. And yes, a burp did move my train of thought and it shipped it down south for the winter. Uh, at any rate, we're going to move on to the Detroit Tigers because we really don't have anything to say about the Cleveland Guardians. And Honestly. we, I think we both texted the exact same thing when we initially drew up this idea. And this was, don't force our friend Jack to tear his eyes out from the misery that awaits in the Detroit Tigers season. Please, for the love of God, just play competent baseball. Yeah, this was one that we had that shared. Like you said, we sent it at the same time. I have nothing to add. Please, our boy Jack has been through so much. He's a Falcons fan too, for Christ's sake. Just give him something to cheer for. I know that's a lot to ask for the Tigers, but I don't know. Maybe Michael Lorenzen balls out and turns into an all-star. I don't know. It's not going to happen, but a guy can dream. Anyway, let's move on to the Royals. I get the Royals, yes! We have a joint one that Tom and I both agree on. We agreed upon it mutually. It's both of our thoughts. And that, of course, is a Vinny Pasquantino MVP run. Who's ready for it? The man who in 80 games put up an OPS plus of 135. Oh my god, Puglisi's Paisans is all new for 2023. (laughs) We are full steam ahead on the Vinny Pasquantino train. Is he going to win MVP? No. But I'm going to root for him, too, anyway. Just like how Tom was rooting for the Cardinals to win the World Series last year, even though they weren't going to. That's going to be the only thing I watch for Kans- watch Kansas City for, anyway. What, what, what am I going to watch? A rotation built together, or held together, rather, by silly putty and string? A, a bullpen with the lead-holding capacity of the Maple Leafs in round one of the playoffs? <laughs> Two hockey jokes for you today. I'm watching the Royals for Vinny Pasquantino and nothing else. Other than that... Keep this eternal rebuild yeah, this eternal rebuild going. Don't know when it's ever gonna end. Wow, you just completely dissed our boy Jordan Lyles from the transaction wire segment where we said he signed with the Kansas City Royals for two years. How dare you? Oh, darn, you're right. The innings eater himself. <laughs> oh, Tony, you're lucky I didn't have another thing written down for the Royals, so I guess I can somewhat agree with you on the Pasquantino MVP run, just so that way we can actually have a Puglisi's Paisan segment. <laughs> next year you know what i'm all for baby why the hell not also pitch better please you can't get any worse than what you had this year please uh oh i'm so glad i have the twins (laughs) so tony wrote down two things i'm gonna say my piece and uh i'm gonna let tony take away with the two things he wrote because they're much more um accurate than uh well actually they're all accurate but uh i don't know we'll see They're probably a lot more funny than what I'm about to say. Joey Gallo Revenge Tour, motherfuckers! Yeah! That's why I wrote down. (laughs) That's their New Year's resolution. Make Joey Gallo 
yeah, make Joey Gallo a above average hitter or just an average hitter because he went below average by many, many blows last year. Yeah, I was going to say that's not going to be a hard hurdle to clear after last year. Plus, no shift. So we'll see. Maybe he turns into an all-star again and he just dominates the Yankees every time he plays here, which would just make me sad. Oh, speaking of sad, you remember how I said in the Yankees segment that they shouldn't barter another trade with the Twins, I swear to God? Yeah, my piece of advice to the Twins, do not trade Max Kepler to the Yankees, or else. I don't know, that probably sounded super quiet on the mic, but whatever. Don't trade him to the Yankees. Yankees, don't trade for Max Kepler. We don't need him. He's okay, but we have Oswaldo. Just don't. That's it. Oh, and my other piece of advice was, what the f*** even are you? Because, genuine question, what even are the Twins? They don't win, they don't lose terribly enough to call them a mediocre team, or a bad team, rather. They're just kind of weird and in the middle. I don't know, they don't have a shortstop right now. Their only good pitcher is Joe Ryan. Maybe Bailey Ober will stay healthy this year. I don't know, I I'm ready to write the Twins off this year, man. They're not going to be anything unless guys like Travis Larnick and Alex... Excuse me, Alex Kirilov step, uh, step up. Wow, I really can't talk today. <laughs> yeah, the, the Minnesota Twins are literally a chapter in a philosophy textbook somewhere in colleges across America. That's what they are right now. You got to try and figure out what are the Minnesota Twins? What is their purpose? Kind of what you would do in philosophy. I don't know. I only took one semester's worth of philosophy, and I didn't pay attention Ooh. for 75% of it. So um, yeah. maybe that's what they ask in philosophy. It sounds like something they would do. <laughs> That's too much semester's worth of philosophy. You should be like me and take none. <laughs> Good and, for you, Mr. Uh, marketing major. See, take geography of Africa instead, like me. <laughs> that that sounds like something I'm really interested in. I, I would actually like a geography course. That would actually sound uh, lit to college student Tom Bauer. Hey, you know what? Maybe we'll have a geography quiz on the Diamond Duo podcast one day. We'll think of a, of a baseball geography quiz. I don't know. Maybe Maybe once the season starts. Yeah, we'll, we'll add that to the list of dead segments that we've uh, organized on the show and have yet to fulfill. <laughs> Just like the other two. One that I thought we were going to do today, but I forgot this. Oh, boy. Either way, let's move to the Hell West now before we get sidetracked even more. Tom wrote down something for the Astros, and then he deleted it. So then he wrote something else for the Astros. <laughs> and <laughs> We're not bringing up what that was. He wrote something else. I agree with it. He wrote Blast Off to another World Series title. There's no reason you shouldn't. You arguably have gotten better, even though you don't have Justin Verlander anymore. Jose Abreu is an amazing addition. Your top five is still deadly. The bullpen is easily the best in baseball after that last postseason. There's not really much else to say. I hate you, but I have to respect you. Yep, that's all I can say about that. Okay, so moving on to Tony and I's favorite team to rip upon in the American League West, the Angels. Now, I'm not going to write I'm I'm not going to write down. I'm not going to say what Tony said necessarily. If he wants to approach that subject, he can. So, I'm going to write down I I'm going to write down. I'm going to write down. <laughs> Why are you all writing the times down I've so much? Screwed up on this <laughs> show today. Holy <laughs> shit. I'm going to say what I wrote down in the rundown. Become the real-life angels in the outfield. If you haven't seen that movie, it's probably on Disney+. Plus. Go watch it. Just win some ball games, please. Get Mike Trout into the postseason. Shohei Otani can join that, too. I just want to see Mike Trout win. Just become a miracle. Become angels in the outfield. Maybe their lord and savior, Gio Urshela, will get them there. Don't ask me why I almost... I said... I almost said Jesus. 
like Urshela leaning into it. I heard Lord and Savior. You know, I think I inceptioned my brain a little bit. But either way, you know what? I am going to say what I wrote down because I honestly think Angels fans would prefer this to making the playoffs right now. And that would be to burn Artie Moreno at the stake. Now, disclaimer, we're not promoting arson or murder or anything illegal. We're just saying take Artie Moreno and push him somewhere else. Have him not be the owner of the team anymore. Sell to someone else who actually gives a shit about the team and about winning and about the players and about the minor leaguers and actually be a respectable franchise for the first time since 2009. That is our advice to the Angels. Well, that, that and stop relying on one-year wonder pitching experiments. Don't sign Dylan Bundy for a year again or Julio Tehran. It won't work. <laughs> Oh, speaking of won't work, we're up to the Oakland A's. And this is another one that we thought of the second we thought of the idea. I think, Tom, you wrote this down, but I'm going to agree with you. Get the f*** out of Oakland. It, or else. We didn't have or else there. Tom in it inserted that. <laughs> <laughs> but you it's know what? Screw it. Yeah, I was going to say, screw it. Or else. Or else you keep losing, and you keep shipping off your best players for nothing, and you keep shipping. I don't even know what they're doing anymore. I genuinely, we've talked about this team so much. How do you continue to describe them other than a self-fulfilling cycle of despair? Like the A's might actually be the most depressing team in sports right now. I don't know much about basketball. I think they clear every team in football and hockey. I would have said the Coyotes, but they're actually doing okay. So no, I think the A's are the most pathetic team in sports right now, at least the big four. So get out of Oakland, start fresh. Maybe then management will actually spend for a change. Tony, I'm going to let you take the Mariners because one, I agree with the Oakland A's uh, point. <laughs> but two, I'm going to let you take the mm. Mariners because I wrote down mm. something for the Rangers and I couldn't say it in the pre-episode. So I wanted to see if I could say it again. You see, I was hoping that that would happen. If you took the Mariners, I would literally say, I'm going to rescind my Rangers thing. <laughs> I'll do two teams afterwards. But this works too. The Mariners, I wrote this down. No jokes, just do it your fans deserve it go back to the playoffs do well if the yankees don't do well this year i'm gonna be rooting for the mariners because they are very very hard to root against i mean just do it for j-rod man do it for ty france do it for jp crawford do it for logan gilbert and robbie ray so many likable players on that team that lights out bullpen too just please don't pitch robbie ray out of the bullpen again scott service you're a smart guy don't do not smart things anymore just just win your fans have been through enough all righty, it's time to head down to the Lone Star State, where I get my Country Nation promo on, y'all. Grab the cowboy boots and saddle up to an 85-win season! Yeah! If you couldn't tell from the cowboy lingo, I said grab your cowboy boots and saddle up to an 85-win season. Yeah! Do I think they're going to actually win 85 games? I don't know. They probably have a borderline top 10 rotation in baseball now. The signing of Nathan Eovaldi and the other additions, including Jacob deGrom, whose jersey I'm bearing on my chest right now. That's all I have to say. Just start winning some ball games. I'd just like to add two very tiny things. Number one, you overdrove your mic on my end. I straight up didn't hear that. So I can't wait to edit it. And oh, number sorry. <laughs> and number two, I think 85 wins is very generous. Maybe there'll be a miracle run. We will see. I don't know why. I, I, I feel like I'm not the most sold on this rotation yet. It's I, I don't want to go into a rant. We'll probably do this later in the offseason anyway, but that's my two cents. Rangers will be better, but I don't know how much better yet. All right, let's shift gears to the National League, and we're starting it off with the Braves. 
<laughs> I think, Tom, I actually wrote both of these, right? Oh, uh, you did, but I agree with both of them. Cool. So I wrote, stave off the surging division, which division's getting better. You got to keep up with the Joneses and stay in first place. And sign more young stars to stupidly cheap contracts, a la Sean Murphy, a la Ronald Acuna, Auntie Albies. Let me actually pull up that graphic again, Tom, because I forgot about that. <laughs> you say what you want to say. I need to, I need to find uh, these players. I was oh, just going to say, you say a name, I will type it in the baseball reference, and I will tell you this, the deal that they signed for and why it makes Alex Anthopoulos look like a hypnotist. Ozzy Albies. <laughs> uh, seven years, $35 million. No way, 35? <laughs> signed through 2025 with 2026 and 2017 option. 2017? Yeah, I love that year. 26 and 27, dumbass. I thought you said 17. <laughs> no. 35 million i he was always the number one like oh wow his agent screwed him over it was him and acuna by the way ronald acuna that were oh, always the two yeah they were always the two like wow we need to give more money to players and then the players now are getting all of the money so <laughs> uh eight years a hundred million dollars signed through 2026 jesus man this is i don't even think that's the worst i mean i'll be i that's his name ozzy's contract is definitely more team friendly jesus christ we talked about murphy already how about uh von grissom they just extended him and michael harris Ooh, oh a two-piece hell yeah von grissom wow it actually doesn't show his contract on baseball reference when i immediately pull it up that's interesting huh well that that's unfortunate <laughs> i'll get back to von grissom in a minute but michael harris i can tell you if i know how to spell michael harris i would hope so i hope so too eight years 72 million signed through 2030 Dude, this Braves team is going to be good, and they're going to be good for a long time. That's kind of scary, and that's not... I We're not even touching upon the longest one, which is Austin Riley. Oh, you want me... Oh, I was going to look up Vaughn Grissom's, but screw him. Austin Riley. <laughs> Let's end with Austin Riley. He, <laughs> I believe, has the longest one. 10 years, 212 mil, signed through th uh, 2032. I think I put this in the group chat, Tom. I'm genuinely starting to wonder if AA is a hypnotist. Or he holds some kind of weapon in the negotiating room, like he, a la 22 Jump Street, he just throws a pistol onto the table pointed at the player. Because <laughs> this, I don't know if he's just the best negotiator in the world, or he's got like a hidden ace up his sleeve somehow, but this is remarkable, being able to lock up this core for probably like an eighth of what Steve Cohen is spending in the offseason. It, it's really something. Anthopolis is really probably the best GM in baseball right now, and I don't think it's particularly close. Mm-mm. And we haven't even mentioned Spencer Strider, Mike, Matt, Michael Olson, Matt Olson. Hey, Will, hey, uh, <laughs> William some respect Contreras on his name. Anymore. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> William Contreras. <laughs> Poor him. Uh, Kyle Wright and Max Fried as well. We haven't mentioned them, although Fried is going to be a free agent after next season, or at least that's when his deal expires. Oh, wait, no, sorry, two seasons. Oops, my bad, 2024. <laughs> the Braves are stacked for a very long time. Yeah, this is mine. <laughs> So in the vein of our Detroit Tigers point, I'm going to keep this one brief. Don't make our friend Anthony drink. <laughs> I swear to God. He is a long-suffering Marlins fan and a dedicated Marlins fan at that. This is a guy who wears Marlins jerseys to Yankee Stadium when the Marlins aren't even playing there. That's how much he loves his Miami Marlins. Please don't make him drink so much because you suck. Yep. Same energy as the Tigers. We love our boy Anthony, we don't like to see him sad. And you know what makes him sad? The Marlins. Maybe Gene Segura is the savior this team needs. Probably not, but we'll see. Let's move on to the Mets. 
Tom and I wrote different things, but they're very similar. I'm going to say them both. Tom wrote, win, baby, win. And I wrote, prove Steve right. Steve, obviously, Steve Cohen. You spend a lot, you win a lot. Or at least you should win a lot. That's the philosophy that Steve Cohen's going for. Mets fans, I mean, I'm not going to comp them to Tigers fans or Marlins fans at this point, but I don't know. They've been talking a lot of trash. They've been boasting their rotation and their lineup since the offseason really kicked off and they got Diaz. Our, our resolutions for them is long and short. Shut everyone else up, win, and prove your new owner right. Pretty much it. Yeah. Now, for the Philadelphia Phillies, I wrote up Grease Up the Poles, because, you know, the Philly fans, they kind of knock down their poles in the city, and win at least 90 games. Keeping it very simple for the Philadelphia Phillies here, if they win over 90 games, I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but they definitely will be back in the postseason. And if they don't, and they miss the postseason by winning 90 games, I don't know how that would be possible. Just win some ball games, get back to the promised land. Absolutely. Don't have much to add there. And maybe don't throw batteries at people. I know that's a football thing, but just keep it out of baseball. I needed an excuse to trash on Philly fans. I'm sorry. I gave you guys too much credit in the postseason, even though it was pretty damn electric, I'll be honest. Next up, ooh, Washington, the Nationals. Oh boy, Tom and I both wrote something, so I'll take mine, Tom, you take yours. I wrote, be less of an embarrassment than the current political spectrum. Actually, I wrote, be less of an embarrassment than the government. Tom added political spectrum. Both are apt, and it's very sad to admit, but both are very easy for the Washington Nationals. They could go out there, win 10 games, and I'd still rather watch them than pay attention to whatever the hell's going on in D.C., but we're not a political podcast. Don't be that embarrassing. That's it, Washington. You're not going to win, just don't be that bad. Exactly. Speaking of kicking a dead horse, here's what I wrote down. Don't let Mike Rizzo near your star players. Oh, wait, they traded them all away. <laughs> yeah, seriously, don't let him near a star player. He will not resign them. Um, <laughs> I just want to point that out. Uh, alrighty. Moving on to the National League Central. So we technically both wrote down the same thing from a while ago. And Tony had something else that he added down that I will let him take uh, before he shifts it over to the next team in the National League Central. And the first thing that we wrote down was win as many games as possible with four good players, because that's just about all they've got on the Chicago Cubs. They don't really have a lot of talent. I thought they could have been a 500 team at the beginning of last season. And boy, was I proven wrong very much so. Yeah, good luck. Good luck indeed. You know who else I'm wishing good luck to? Cody Bellinger on his revenge tour. Oh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) happen. I literally wrote LOLJK in the rundown just to drive it home. A little extra. Bellinger's going to be a Kevin Kiermaier type player, you ask me, this year. Great defensive center fielder. Rafael Ortega finally doesn't need to play center field for him. So that's pretty much it. I didn't want to add anything else. Sorry, Nicolette. That's, that's pretty much it. Our good buddy who loves Cody Bellinger. Let's move on now to the Cincinnati Reds. Hey, guess what? It's another one we thought of immediately. And we wrote down, swindle more teams out of their top prospects. Or else. I don't know what the or else is for there, but we wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, re- I don't really know why there's a threat to that. That's actually a good thing that they need to continue doing as they rebuild. <laughs> rebuild and build up your farm system or else you will become the Colorado Rockies which oh boy I can't wait to get to them um 
or else your owner will call your fans miserable again and you might have where are you gonna go a insensitive announcer for your team or you may f around and find out uh, you know what I just realized I want now? I want Tom Brenneman back in the Reds booth for one game featuring special guest Phil Castellini, the most cancelable <laughs> broadcast in baseball. Oh my god. Oh, oh who's that guy? Uh, wasn't there another announcer that said something stupid? Uh, the player. Jack Morris, because he, he, didn't he make some like Asian slur at f- Otani? Ah, uh, there was something like that, yeah. So yeah, Brenneman on play-by-play, Jack Morris on color, with special guest, Phil Castellini. The best broadcast team. <laughs> you know what, that's probably the only way you'll get folks to watch Reds games. Just develop the youth, you'll be good in a few years if you don't just give up like you did after 2020. That's all I've got to say. If at that point you actually go with that broadcast booth, re-sign Trevor Bauer, because you're just piling <laughs> onto the show. Anyway, the most unlikable team ever. <laughs> exactly. That's your new motto. <laughs> Oh, God. The Brewers, make your team make sense, you idiots. And then (laughs) Tony wrote down Abraham Toro for the win. I don't know what that means, but uh, okay, Tony. Why not? That's why. It doesn't make sense, but I wrote it down anyway. It's basically (laughs) the Brewers' approach this offseason, except the Contreras trade. Great move. Everything else don't know. Yeah, please actually develop some hitting. I know you have some prospects in the system, but that's not going to help you right now, now, is it, Milwaukee? Come on now. <laughs> Alrighty, Tony, you're up. And this is one I think we can both highly agree with. Oh, you're right. Pittsburgh, go ahead and raise the Jolly Roger to a staggering 69 wins. Nice. Which, which sadly, I think it would be an improvement from last year. I don't know. I don't follow the Pirates. Uh, they won. 62 games, yeah, 69 would actually be an upgrade. Wow, that's kind of sad. Don't have much else to add. Watch O'Neill Cruz hit 100 mile an hour lineouts all day, and pray that Mitch Keller actually develops. That's your season. And you know what? No, no, no. And also develop more chonky first baseman. You had Vogel back last year, you got G-Man Choi this year. The dynasty will remain. I cannot wait until they bring Chris Gittens back from Japan to play in Pittsburgh. You need to stop with that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love Chris Gittens. Oh, dear God. Oh, I'm so glad I got this next team. The St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, boy. Oh, the former prophecy. So fulfilling. Not for me. Uh, Here's what I wrote down for them. Okay, listen real closely. (laughs) around, find out, or else. (laughs) (laughs) You put or else to that one, too. Because that's the one where I have the most threatening implications, too. Because I rode them so hard, like, in to win the World Series, and they completely fell flat in my face. And it's mainly Ollie Marmel's fault. I like their roster construction, minus their iffy starting pitching. But, oh boy, they're about to F around it. I swear to God, if they actually go on a good run this year, I'm going to go insane. That's where the F around and find out part comes in. Right after Pujols and Yachty retire. You know what? They gotta do it for Wainwright. Maybe that's the prophecy. He's still on the team. No, there, there is no prophecy with the St. Louis Cardinals. It's dead. It's dead. You know what? I think it went to the Mariners, at least for me. Or no, who was I saying earlier? Oh no, Vinny Pasquatino. He himself is my prophecy next year. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Let's wrap up with the NL West, starting with the Diamondbacks. 
I think you actually wrote this one down, but I'm going to agree with it. Keep the prospects coming, and actually win some meaningful games in the process. We kind of touched upon this with the Gabriel Moreno trade. You've got him, you've got Alec Thomas, you've got Jake McCarthy, and, uh, I almost said Alec Thomas again, and Corbin Carroll. <laughs> Give them playing time, pray Marte bounces back, and wait for Jordan Lawler. In the meantime, don't lose 110 games. It's probably counterintuitive, and it might cost Tori Lavallo his job. So, that's it. I talked enough about the D-backs earlier. Tom, please continue. Well, I'm not going to talk about the D-backs either because I wrote down that point. I fully agree with it. Also, we spent like <laughs> probably 10 minutes of our recording time talking about the Diamondbacks. That's enough for probably the next entire season of the Diamond Duo podcast. Probably. Uh, you know a team I'm not going to talk about a whole lot? The Colorado <laughs> Rockies. <laughs> My New Year's resolution for them was to start a Patreon for Nolan Arenado's contract that they're still paying off because they're <laughs> morons in the front <laughs> office. Dear God, why did you agree to this? I know I'm beating a dead horse with this too, but seriously, come on. <laughs> also, I couldn't think of anything else for the Colorado Rockies because they're in that despair of shape. I mean, for Christ's sake, you signed Chris Bryant last offseason. And what what did that do? What did you accomplish with that? What are you looking to accomplish? You have nothing to look forward to. That's how miserable your team is. God damn it, the Rockies. They're a very close second to the A's on that pathetic team scale that I was talking about earlier. Congrats, Rockies. You suck. But we knew that already. Anyway, Dodgers. Tom, you wrote this one down too? I'm gonna agree. Don't make Nicolette sad. Or do. I don't give a f as long as the Yankees are winning. So, <laughs> our third friend cameo on this list, and the last one, shout out to our friend Nicolette, diehard Dodgers fan, who, you know, has seen some really good teams past couple of years. Maybe not fulfilling teams, but, you know, don't make her sad. Unless the Yankees are winning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So, Tony, I'm going to take the Padres one, because, again, I full-heartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. I don't know what full-heartedly oh. agree means. Wholeheartedly full agree yes. means with the thing I wrote down for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I'm going to combine your thought into my thought because I think it makes sense as one cohesive unit. So Tony wrote down, trade Tatis to the Yankees for Aaron Hicks and IKF. But seriously, re-sign Manny Machado or else. <laughs> and yes, that will be the last time the or else is used as we only have one team left and <laughs> I don't think we can think of an or else for the San Francisco Giants. But yes, re-sign May Machado. If he wants to hit free agency again, do not let him go. I know you have Juan Soto and company. That's not going to be enough. You got to keep your star third baseman. He's the reason that asses are in seats and why your team was competitive for as long as May Machado's been on this roster. He is literally holding your team up on his back. Could not agree more on both of those. I think that Tatis trade is very, very fair, and Brian mm. Cashman should inquire to AJ Preller about it. He's one for he's really one for the dramatic, you know, mm -hmm. AJ Preller. But no, Machado, sign him. So that's San Diego. Let's wrap this up with the Giants. Tom wrote this one down, and it's very funny. Pass their physicals and win 75 games. Obviously a jab at Carlos Correa. And now Michael Conforto, because yeah. One guy who has a bad leg, no, definitely not, even though he could be a franchise shortstop. A guy with a bum shoulder who fell off the wagon hard in 2021? Yeah, do it, screw it, two years. All of the money, open the open the vaults, Farhad. Oh my god, the Giants are going to be weird this year. 
I'm really looking forward to seeing how they perform. I honestly think they'll be smack dab in the middle of the division. If anything, fourth place, they're not going to be worse than the Rockies. I think we know that. But honestly, I think my hot take could be the D-backs leapfrog the Giants in the standings. Now that they lost Rodon, they didn't get any impact bats outside of uh, Michael Conforto. I don't know. I'm not particularly high on them. Tom, you wrote down 75 wins. I imagine you're not either. Not particularly high on them, although I do like the depth pieces that they've added, but that's not going to make your team an actual team that could compete and secure a wild card spot. Maybe they'll say, Tom, you suck. Your opinion is terrible and actually win more than 81 games this season. 75, I was kind of lowballing them. I think 78 is probably more reasonable for them, given that they're playing against two other teams in the NL West. So they should be able to beat up on them. Eh, maybe not the Diamondbacks as much. Eh, maybe eh, maybe then again, 75 isn't too bad of an expectation for them. I just don't expect them to be anywhere near as good as they were in 2021. And with that being said, those are our New Year's resolutions for all 30 teams in Major League Baseball. For better or for worse, in sickness or in health, some of them may or may not happen, but we'll see. They're resolutions for a reason. People break their New Year's resolutions within 30 minutes of it being 2023 or any new year anyway. So you know what? Maybe these weren't meant to last, but they will in Tony and I's hearts throughout the season. Very, very hopefully. Maybe these teams will actually take heed to these resolutions. I think the Red Sox could. Cloning Tanner Houck could really help this team. <laughs> that all being said, yeah. hope you guys enjoyed this segment. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I actually think oh, yeah. we're just about out of time. So, Tom, any parting... Actually, no, you have the outro. Oops. Uh, me, uh, any yeah. parting words? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> officially, Happy New Year. This will be coming out roughly the first week of January. Keep your eyes peeled for those social graphics. And, yeah, we got about 90 days till opening day. So, cross your fingers that, cut, that gets here faster. I miss baseball, damn it. Thank you. About 90 days till opening day and even less till the World Baseball Classic. That's truly going to be the gem of the yes. offseason. Hells yes. We will be covering that extensively as much as we possibly can on the Diamond Duo podcast. Maybe we'll even devote an episode to it or part of an episode. We shall see what happens later on in the offseason. But in the meantime, we're out of words to say about the offseason as it currently stands right now in Major League Baseball. Thank you all for listening to episode 52 of the Diamond Duo podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Diamond Duo podcast on Twitter at Diamond Duo pod for more content from Tony and I. Until next time. Take care, y'all. Take it easy. Happy New Year. And hopefully you stick with your New Year's resolutions, unlike what these MLB teams will do.